Massachusetts, about five or six hours drove in today. And um, we're here to celebrate um, two events, or three. We started with two, then we realized it's really three. Um, we'll start with the first two that Bar um, Hashem, we've been learning for about seven and a half, over, a little bit over seven and a half years. We'll talk a little bit more, more about it later on. I'm sure it will be in my father's talk. But uh, my right-hand side is a, uh, all the, almost all the books of the Talmud that are here, written about 1,600 years ago, around 1,600 years ago. And we study every morning, Monday, uh, from Monday through Friday, Sunday, Sunday and uh, Shabbos and Sunday, we try to make up ourselves what, we, what we're not able to do at our class. Since not everybody lives uh, within walking distance close to the shul, so we do it ourselves at home. But for seven and a half years, I'll talk a little bit more about it later on. It's, I feel like it's an amazing feat. Also, tonight is Yotas uh, Kislev, it's a very important day in the Shabbat calendar. So I am very happy, I really want my father to be here. So I'm happy he drove in all the way, and he's going to speak to us and give us the message of uh, the learning the Talmud and also Yotas Kislev. So uh, my father, Rabbi Walsa, from Sharon Master's Good Yontav. Good Yontav. Hashanah Toiva. Belimud HaChasidus. Vedarki HaChasidus. Tekoseibu Vesechoseimu. For a good year in the study of Chasidus, may we be written and inscribed. L'chaim, L'chaim. It gives me great pleasure and great nachas to be able to stand in front of you tonight in honor of these wonderful celebrations. First and foremost, it's the special holiday of Yutas Kislev, the 19th day of Kislev, which we celebrate the freedom of the Alter Rebbe and essentially the freedom of Hasidus. Why is it so important? We are all here today because of Yutas Kislev, because of the 19th day of Kislev, because of that great miracle. Had God not taken us out of Egypt, we would still be, as we say in the Haggadah, in slavery in Egypt. Had the miracle of Yutas Kislev not taken place in the late 1700s, we would not be sitting here today. So therefore, that celebration is a Nimsheches. It's a continuous redemption. And I want to say, to begin, a tremendous Yashikoyach an appreciation to Rabbi and Rebetzel Chazanov who are hosting such a beautiful Chabad house because this is the continuation through our Rebbe, the work of the Alter Rebbe and we see Baruch Hashem, the great success and my own children and my son and daughter-in-law together with their families, they've had the great privilege under the guidance and the directions of the Chazanov to grow and to reach this special day of being able to 
complete the entire Talmud. You know, my friends, there's a special prayer that we say when we open up the ark on the holidays. We pray with the open ark at the time in which the gates of the heavens are open. And we say a special prayer. May we merit to have your divine presence amongst us. And then we continue to pray for our families and our children and for all of us. And then we say, Give us a spirit of wisdom and understanding. Seems like powerful words. And then we go further and we say, Let it be fulfilled the words of the verse that states, and these are words taken out of the Navi, the prophet Yeshayahu, the prophet Isaiah, in which he talks about Mashiach. Over there the verse says, of Ruach Hashem, Ruach Chochmo Bino, Ruach Eitzo Gvuro, Ruach Das Viris Hashem. Hashem will rest upon him a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of advice and strength, a spirit of knowledge and fear of Hashem. We are praying to Hashem that the Yiskayim Bonu, that it should feel fulfilled by us, we should merit what? We should merit to be Mashiach? We should merit that the verse in which it states, Ruach Hashem, Ruach Ruach Those are qualities that are reserved for the Melech HaMashiach. How is it that we're standing by the Aaron Kodesh? And we're saying the Yiskayim Bonu. And notice, there's a difference. Originally we say, Let there be upon us a spirit of wisdom and understanding. We don't ask for Gevura, we don't ask for Eitzah, we ask for Chochmo Bino. And then we go on and we say, Let the verse that says, which is the words of Yeshaya Hanavi. The Posik in Bamidbar, Moshe Rabbeinu, time to pass has come. Or this was not his actually time of passing, but when Moshe Rabbeinu saw 
that Hashem was giving over to his children. Moshe Rabbeinu says, now is the time that I'm going to ask from HaKadosh Baruch Hu for myself, for my children. He says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I want to ask you for my own children. He says, Yivkoid Hashem Elikei Haruchos. God who is the Elikei Haruchos, the God of the different Ruchos, different spirits. He asks Hashem to appoint a leader that would follow him, that would have tremendous qualities. Look in the words of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu asks Hashem, Hashem, you are the God of the different spirits. There's two spirits, Ruchos in the plural. Appoint one of my family members who is going to have both of these Ruchos, both of these spirits. What are the two spirits? Moshe Rabbeinu was asking that his children should have the two above-mentioned spirits that we talk about in the Navi Yeshayo. The Ruach Chochmo Binova Das and the Ruach Eitzo Gevura. The Ruach of understanding of wisdom and the Ruach of Eitzo of advice and strength. What does Hashem say to him? Hashem says to him, you know what, I'm going to split it up. I'm going to split it up. You're asking me for your family, that you want something for your children, that they should follow you, I'm going to split it up. One ruach, I'm going to leave for your children, for your family, and the other ruach, I'm going to give away to... Yehoshua, your faithful servant. Hashem says to him, Kaches Yehoshua, take Yehoshua, and you should lean your hands upon him. And what does it say? It says, Ish Asher Ruach Boy, a man of one spirit. That was the spirit that he gave over, Hashem says to Yehoshua, Give him one spirit. Give him the spirit of Eitzah and Gevura. Yeshua will be the leader. He will have to lead Klau Yisrael. He'll go out and he will lead them and he'll be successful in his, war, in his wars. However, the Ruach of Chochmo Ubino, the Ruach of understanding, of knowledge and learning, that I'm keeping in the family. Because also Yeshua will need to, also Yeshua Vishaloi Bimishpat Aurim, he was going to have to consult with the Kohanim, with the family of Moshe Rabbeinu, with the Levim, for that part. But what did Moshe Rabbeinu do? By Moshe Rabbeinu, it says, that Moshe Rabbeinu actually gave both of his hands. As the Pasuk says, Ki somach Moshe es yodov olov. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't give just one hand. Moshe Rabbeinu gave both hands. Which means that Moshe Rabbeinu gave over both the spirit of Eitzo Gevura 
and this spirit of Chochma Vibina. He gave over the ability of the talent of understanding as well as the talent of leadership. The Gemara in Baba Kama states, Chamro lemoro tivyuso leshakya. That means, literally, the wine belongs to the owner, but who gets the thank you, who gets the tivyuso, gets the shakyu, gets the one, the butler, the one who gives it out. So it means the butler goes around, as Rashi explains, he serves everybody their wine, he gets the thank you. But it's not his wine. The owner owns the wine. As Rashi explains that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu is taking credit for giving over the blessings to, uh, to uh, uh, for giving the blessings to Yeshua. But it's really Hashem's blessings. So Hashem owns the blessings. But Yeshua sort of is taking the credit. Uh, Moshe is taking the credit for giving it to Yeshua. That is one interpretation. Tosfus over there has a different interpretation. Tosfus says over there that the meaning is that the owner has the wine, but the shakyu, the one who gives it out, he has the right to give it out to whoever he wants. So Hashem owns the blessings, but Moshe Rabbeinu gives it to whoever he wants. Hashem allows him to give it to whoever he wants. You know, to go out today to the world, to go out to the world today, to be a shaliach, to try to impact the world, requires a lot of eitzo gevura. It requires a lot of ideas, a lot of strength, a lot of fortitude. It takes a whole lot of effort to really be able to connect with your community, to connect with the people, to love them, to gain their trust, to have the people appreciate you. They should understand what you are trying to do, your difference that you're making in the community. It takes a lot of Ruach Eitzel Gevura. And sometimes, because the job of being a shaliach and running around and trying to cover bills and trying to uh, run the institutions, trying to get people involved, working around the clock, creating programmings and doing all the things, sometimes you need a lot of Eitzel Gevura, but there isn't time left for the Chochmah Ubina, for the level of learning of Torah, for being able to take time out, to study, to grow, and to be able to continue that which you have started. We have our Moshe Rabbeinu, our Rebbe, who sends out young people on Shalichas. Tivyusel Lishakya. The Eibishter gives blessings. The Shakyu, the Rebbe, takes those blessings and he says, maybe the person who's going out is going to be so busy that he won't be able to grow and to reach a level 
of Limud HaToyre and who talks about sitting every day and studying, who would expect somebody like that to find the time for Chochmah Ubina, the time for learning, for understanding, for delving in deeply and to spend so much time for the study of our Holy Torah. But to Yusuf Lishakya, the Rebbe goes and gives the brachas that you see here today. The Eibishter says maybe give with one hand. Maybe split it up. Maybe one person is going to be a Rosh Yeshiva and the other person is going to be a Shaliach. So split it up. But how could you do both of them together? How could you be a shliach running around and doing mifzayim and running around putting out fill and checking mezuzahs and at the same time sitting and studying Torah? That seems to be, let's split it up. One to Yeshua and the other one to Elazar. The one that gives the brachas, spreads it out, gives that special energy. So that the same individual who is busy and is hectic and runs his own family and all the different issues to be able to accomplish both goals to be the Ruach Eitzah Ugevura together with the Ruach Chochma Ubina you know my son Levi had the great privilege to spend some years with my father a blessed memory may he rest in peace and it was always really something which we had a hard time uh, coming to grips with. That we had to send them away at a very young age. Because we didn't have, we didn't have that facilities. We didn't have that possibilities to provide him the real place of holiness and study as can be found in the Metropolitan in New York City. So we sent him away before his bar mitzvah, before he was 12, before he was 11, I think maybe at the age of 10. And Levi, if you know my Levi, he's a sensitive, very gentle soul. You all, those who know him, he's a, a really a good neshama, as they say. And he had a hard time. He wanted to stay home. He didn't really want to leave his parents. And he was our second child, Kanai Nahara. And he really wanted to stay home. And when we read at the Parshish Akeda, sometimes that a father takes their own child, brings him to the Akeda. Of course, it's not the Akeda like by Avram Avinu, but it really pains the parents a lot sometimes that you have to take such young children and send them away. But I think, as I'm celebrating here today, and I see Baruch Hashem, thank Hashem so much for reaching this day that my son was able to finish, more or less, go through the entire Talmud. I see that all the pain, all the hardship of that separation, and the years of difficulties were good investment. They were a major investment. The return is here today. And I dare to say that it was, if it wasn't my father Olav Shalom's input into his chinuch, into his life, 
I don't think that for me he would have gotten that. I think that he was privileged to get it from my father, Olav Asholom. That's where he got this from. He observed and he watched in his best years he spent in their home over there. Seeing the real people. They were really holy people. They served Hashem without agendas, without ulterior motives. They were devoted. My father, may he rest in peace, never went a minute without studying, without learning. Whether it was Nigla, Hasidus, Gemara, his Torah, whatever it was. That's all what he did. Is that a hint? <laughs> And, you know, I really thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for that privilege. Because what's happening here today is really thanks and all HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but it was all of the schus of our parents who had Mesidus Nefesh under the most difficult circumstances for Yiddishkeit back in Russia over there, where they had a lot, a lot to withstand in order to remain from and the Hasidus is what kept them basically inspired and kept them going. I was thinking to myself, you know, the story of the Gemara. If my father of Ashalom is looking up from wherever he is, from his place, of resting place, he's looking down. You know the story of the Gemara. The Gemara relates that there was once an individual who was walking in the streets and he was tired and he was hungry, he was exhausted, thirsty, and then he comes across and he sees this beautiful tree. And the tree had some delicious fruits on it. So of course he helps himself to some of the fruits, he eats, he takes some of the, it was a stream of water, running under the tree, tree, he takes some of the water, he drinks the water, he eats and he drinks, and now he's satisfied, he lays down in the shade. And when he gets up, he says to the tree, wow, I am so appreciative, I want to thank you. He says, I want to bless you. He says, what could I bless you with? What can I bless you? Shall I bless you that you should have beautiful fruit? But you already have beautiful fruit. Should I bless you that should be a stream of water going underneath you? But there is already a stream of water. Should I bless you that you should have a beautiful shade? You already have beautiful shade. What can I bless you with? So he says... What I'm going to bless you is that all the plantings that they will plant from your tree should be like you as well. That they too should produce wonderful fruit, wonderful shade with quenching water. When I stand here today and I see, again, Baruch Hashem, Kanayin Hara, a thousand times, the accomplishments and the ability of being able to be able to go and greet everybody and meet everybody, to be appreciated by everybody.
This is the qualities, this is the fruits that were planted. Yiyu Kamoischa. I stand here today uh, giving credit, and I want to say this that uh, I feel bad that my wife could not be here today. She's traveling for a women's convention, actually in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is over the weekend. So she's not, she couldn't make it over here. And I must, I do want to recognize, I know she's not here, so I don't have an ulterior motive. Maybe somebody will tell her later. So, but I, I, I still can't say that I'm saying it because she's here. But I do feel that you might think that I'm giving myself credit for my lady or some of the other children, and that would be a misrepresentation. Because Kanaina Hara, my wife, may she be healthy and strength, she is the one that really uh, leads the boat. Uh, she pushes and she leads it. And just, you know, uh, be honest with you, sometimes I say, look, I'm tired already. Most of my kids went elsewhere, doing good work elsewhere, not in, not on their home front. I'm tired, I said, I, you know, I can't do this anymore by myself. I said, I don't have the help I need. And she says, no. She says, you're not tired, you, you, you're just lazy. <laughs> yes, you're just lazy, you know. And so I gotta tell you something, I don't know, you know, Sharon, Massachusetts, was voted in the number one town in this country. Do you know that? This is the number one town. The best place to live in is Sharon, Massachusetts. It won by the magazine. That's maybe you don't know, but that's that's true. I didn't make it up. Not because I live there. But there, the other thing, which is also equally true, which is oh, which is also equally true, is that Sharon is the per capita has more Jews. It's a small town. It only has fifteen thousand people in there, or something like that. But per capita has more Jews than non-Jews. The only, the, the, the largest per capita percentage, the most Jews are there. And, and one of the things, you know, we struggled with all these years were, uh, you know, that Chabad's all over put up public menorahs. And they get the uh, officials to come and to light in a public menorah. For many years, we've tried with our town and Davke, because there's Jews in the leadership over there, the executive secretary, we don't have a mayor, we have selectmen, but the executive secretary and the others, Davke, because they didn't, they didn't let. And we had a, a this year, just uh, two weeks ago, my wife says, we got to put up a menorah in Sharon, it's embarrassing, she says. Why is it our town has has all the decorations, you know, no shmesh trees, but it has, it has other things. And how come we don't have a menorah? You know, when your wife orders you to do something, you know, you better do it. So, guess what? It was really one phone call. Baruch Hashem, this year we're having a public menorah on town property. But it just shows you... Uh, it just shows you that, you know, sometimes we think that we have figured it all out. This is the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe who taught us that the simple belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, go ahead and do what you have to and Hashem will help you. 
You know, the Pasik in Malachim says that they came to David HaMelech. And they told David HaMelech something. They say to him, May Hashem make Shlomo's name, that was David HaMelech's son, greater than your name. Let him make his throne greater than your throne. That's the Pasuk. So the Gemara in Sanhedrin asks, the Gemara says, but as, as Rashi says, He says, David HaMelech is going to feel awful. They're going to tell him that your son is going to be more successful than you are. He's going to have a greater name than you have. And he's going to have, his throne is going to be much greater than yours. So how could you tell it to Shlomo, to David, King David, to King David? So the Gemara says, well, first answer, the Gemara says that it doesn't really mean greater, but main, it means something like that. Okay. But then the Gemara says, who says, that a person can be jealous of everyone else, but besides from his son. And therefore, when you tell David HaMelech that your son is going to be greater than you, he's going to be more popular than you, he's going to have a greater following than you, he's going to be more successful than you, a person is jealous of everybody, but you're not jealous of your son. But I got to tell you, I am jealous of my son. <laughs> because when he started telling me that he has learned the entire shas, I said, if my son can do that, I can do that too. And guess what? After I was here for a Shabbos, I spent the Shabbos over here, and we were staying over at Mr. Levy's house, who's today going to uh, make this seum together of the seum, the celebration. I saw them taking time out and sitting down and learning of Dav Gemara. I said, if they can do it, I say, but if it's something positive, let me go and do it as well. So, I was to confess, I'm two years behind. <laughs> I'm two years behind him. I'm actually, when it's going to come to Baba Kama, I started Baba Kama Davkufa Menalev. And you check it out, that was the Shabbos, I was at your house, at that Shabbos. Baba Kama Davkufa Menalev is when I started Dav Yoimi. And Baruch Hashem, I can't say, I did every daf, but it's, and most of it is actually recorded, it's online if you want to check me out, if you don't believe. But <laughs> the point over here is that I was envious of what he was doing. And I said, let me do it uh, myself. Now, just wanted to wrap this up. You know, today on Yutas Kisla, we mentioned earlier in the shul, is the time when we learn Shas. It's, a, uh, it's, it's connected to Yutas Kislev. And I just want to say to you, you know, we sit together and we talk. There's a story told about a, uh, a rabbi, a new rabbi came to town. And, okay, he comes Shabbos the first time, the president asks him, Rabbi, what are you going to speak about this Shabbos? So he says, you know what, I want to speak about eating kosher. 
The president says to him, no, no, <laughs> can't speak about kosher in this shul. He says, either most of the people in the shul don't keep kosher. And if you're going to stop talking, talking that you have to eat kosher, people are going to get offended. And who do you think pays your check? He says, they're not going to come back to the shul. And well, you can't talk about kosher. Okay, so he says he's not going to talk about kosher. Comes back the next week. So the rabbi says to him, what are you going to talk about this week? He says, uh, Mr. President, the rabbi says uh, to the president, I was thinking about talking about the importance of keeping Shabbos. Whoa, keeping Shabbos? Most of the people don't keep Shabbos. He says, you can't talk about it in this show. He says, I mean, you can't offend anybody. All right. And the third week, when he asks the rabbi, asks, what are you going to talk about this week? He asked the rabbi. The rabbi said, I want to talk about the mikveh, about the family purity, about using the... Whoa, this time he said, for, for sure. I mean, you're going to offend all the women in the congregation. He says, no. So the... Rabbi turns to the president and says, hired me as a rabbi. Yeah. You want me to give a sermon? He said, yep. So he says, Mr. President, maybe you tell me, what would you like me to talk about? I can't talk about kosher. I can't talk about Shabbos. And I certainly can't talk about the mikveh. So what do you want me to talk about? He says, Rabbi, I don't know what your problem is. Just talk about Judaism. He says, <laughs> Talk about Judaism. You know, Ayutis Kislev Fabrengen, like we're sitting here today, is not just make us feel good in a good speech, praise my son, and celebrate what he's doing. It means something for all of us. We shouldn't be just talking about Judaism, about beauty of things. We should come out, the Rebbe says, we should come out from a Fabrengen inspired in some practical way to do something more. To, to, to learn a little more, to daven a little better, to, to pay more attention to the way we do the mitzvahs, to do things, to take things in, a, in an inside. And I think most important, if you notice, there's that special feeling of chassidim, of that brother, brotherly love, which is the responsibility of taking care of one another. As we learn, the Sechta Yavam is they're learning now in Daf Yomi. The whole idea of a Yavam is that when a brother dies, that he should build his home. A responsibility of one person for one brother, for the other brother. And you know that the very important part is for us to take and care and take responsibility. Um, I was wondering, we're learning in the parsha this week we were learning that Yosef had, that when Yosef was sold, it says in the Pesach over there, it says that the uh, uh, camel they, they were carrying, they were carrying these beautiful smelly spices. So Rashi asks, why do we need to know what they were carrying? And Rashi says, usually these camels, they carry terrible smelly things. But we want to tell you, what is the reward for the tzaddikim? What is the reward for tzaddikim? That in this time, they had something that smells good, so that Yosef would smell good for Yosef. Said, Wait a minute, what does this really mean? Does it really add up? 
Here Yosef is being torn away from his family and he's being sold and he's going through all the tzaras, being condemned by his brother, hated by everybody. The Torah is telling you, to tell you the reward of the tzaddikim. Is this the reward of tzaddikim? Does it really make in the scheme of things a difference? There's a good smell and a bad smell when you're being kidnapped and pulled away from your family and torn, torn away. Oh, we're going to tear you away and then we're going to make it smell good for you over there. What does it mean? What does it really mean? What it really means is like this, perhaps. What it really means, of course, there are times that go very good, that are bright, that we see Hashem's hands. But we have to know that even in times when we face challenges and we face difficulties, when things are hard, there's hardships and there's difficulties. We have to remember that Hashem is still looking out for us. That even though we don't understand all the time why Hashem does what He does and Hashem's master plan, but when we pay attention, we can see Hashem's hands in the little things. We can see that how the Ishmaelim are carrying something to benefit the tzaddik. That means to say that the Hashgocha is still with us. Hashem didn't abandon us. And the same thing is for the Shaluchim, who sometimes goes through hardships, whether it's financial, whether it's other difficulties that they go through. And sometimes the troubles seem like very difficult, impossible to bear. But you have to remember and you have to look and you see all these great miracles that take place. We need to find Hashem's hand in everything that takes place. So, just going back to what we started off with, we can't pray right away for everything. We ask for Ruach Maybe we'll be satisfied if our son will be a Talmud Chochem. He'll go on to be a big Rosh Yeshiva. Okay, that's something. But then, that possibility of being able to confront both things, Ruach Eitzel Gevura, Ruach Das V'yiras Hashem, as the Moshe Rabbeinu of our generation, as the Rebbe bestows on his Shluchim, gives them the ability to have infinite amount of success in bringing people closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, taking his children, Hashem's children bringing them back home, bringing them back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And yet at the same time, together with that Eitzel Gevura, to give them also the Chochmah Ubina, that they should be able to excel in Limud HaToyra, and to grow and go from strength to strength in all the Madrigas. So I just wanted to conclude that we are proud of Levi and Hanala, very, very proud. We are proud of our other children, and they make us uh, very happy. They give us a tremendous amount of Naches, and we just wish them to go they should go from strength to strength to keep on doing the good work that they're doing and the Ebrister will help that we will see just like by Yosef even though it took some time but eventually we saw that all Hashem's plan was was with, uh, to bring about that the Yaakov should come to Eretzrol, to, to Mitzrayim, so he can feed them and support them as the Eibishter's plans was. The Eibishter should help that we should come away from this Fabrengen, from this gathering, inspired 
to go ahead, do more, to become closer and stronger, and Hashem will certainly bless each and every one of us, that we will see open miracles, we will see as the Yom Tov of Hanukkah is coming upon us, we will see that the little bit of light illuminates all the darkness, we'll see salvation, we'll see Hashem's help, and Hashem will bless us all in all our needs, and thank you for inviting me, and Mikhail El thank you. Uh, okay, we're going to just call up now uh, what you're doing, just like you guys